0: Welcome to the Lawyer Life Podcast, where we seek to navigate our days with a little less stress and ideally a lot more fulfillment. In this season three, we focus on small and big changes that will advance our well-being, personal and professional lives. On today's episode, we discuss well-being habits. We're asking ourselves, how can we build our practice to include well-being? I'm Mike Anderson,
1: and I'm Darlene Tanelli.
0: Do do do! Oh, we timed it really well. Nice work. It's so satisfying when we line align with the intro song. I should say hello, Darlene.
1: Hello. Happy Friday.
0: Let's get right to it. Mm-hmm. Last week, we started season three with a conversation about the foundation of fulfillment, very heavy topic. I listened back and I was, I think I was overwhelmed at times Uh, that might've come through. But anyway, uh, (laughs) uh, we left with a challenge um, to to ourselves and to you, the listener, uh, and we said that we would recap it. So do you want to start with our recap, Darlene?
1: Okay. So in the wellness world, I was hoping with the challenge that I would just get a bit of a a baseline for me to understand where the improvement is going to come in the next uh, 11 weeks of, of, tri- of, um, things that we're going to do on this podcast. So what we had said as a challenge was to just sit and think about, you know, the three things that you admire most about people, the three things you value most and the way that you want people to describe you and to basically try to work backwards from that as a starting point. How's that? As a summary. Yeah,
0: that's right. That's okay. it.
1: Do you want to go first? How should we do it? Just share our... our oh, show. man.
0: This is very... Uh, I feel like I'm really opening up myself to this the this podcast, this public product <laughs> here. <laughs> uh, but, but that's okay because one of the, my number one thing that I put in the thing I admire most about people is authenticity. Mm-hmm. I love authentic people. It is something that draws me to people. It is something that I... Uh, I, I could improve on. And I love people who are just so authentically themselves and basically are just like put themselves on offer as a take it or leave it sort of thing. Uh, and I love that. The second thing um, I admire most about people is creativity. I think that's one of the things that makes me happy in the sort of work that we do, because with uh, you know, our tech and startup sort of clients, a ton of creativity there. And obviously on the music and entertainment side, um, I just love to be around folks who are creating things it makes me happy and i admire that in people and then the third thing i really like i don't know how to actually say this but i love people who have an aura of like they're floating above what (laughs) the thing we're currently talking about or the issue we're currently dealing with like there's some people i know who kind of always have a small little smile in in the corner of their mouth that like even Mm. though we're involved in something that could be stressful or at least complex or whatever they they always people who kind of see the forest from the trees and stay at a level slightly above uh what otherwise people are normally are at that is that is a skill and a trait that i really admire so those are the three things sorry to be long-winded that's great yes this is good yeah what about you?
1: Now it's in the airwaves. Now now everyone knows. Everyone's going to be like, oh, i got to be authentic or oh, Mike." <laughs> <laughs> just
0: kidding.
1: Um, okay, so mine, you know, not, not so dissimilar from yours. Probably not surprising. Um, the things that I was noting all week, so basically the way I approached this challenge was just all week I was aware. And I was thinking back about people in my past that I had admired. Um, I kind of crossed paths with a bunch of people randomly this week that – I admire, I saw some, you know, in various situations things. I'm like, oh yeah, that's something I don't admire. You know? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh so it's it's both, but I focused on the positive in this exercise as instructed. <laughs> um and you know, I think the main thing that I really admire and what I would like us as a society to admire more is just courage to be different. Mm-hmm. I think it takes a lot of courage to step out of line. And I, uh, I I really value that and I, I like to think of myself as the type of person who when someone wants to step out of line and try something, I'd be like, yes, go, you know, as opposed to, well, have you thought of these 16 things that could go wrong? Like I just, I don't admire that, that approach mm-hmm. or that response. Mm-hmm. So that, that was interesting to note um, and very, you know, I, that makes sense for me. Um, the other thing that I really admire is people who just think of others first, whatever the situation is. Um, meaning that if there's a discussion or even a negotiation, if someone's like, you know, I can see this would be great for you. Let me try to figure out how we can like make this great for you and for us. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily, you know, putting other people first in like a a self um, abasing. Is that a word? Uh, not that kind of way, but just like a valuing other people as much as you value yourself. Um, And then the other thing sort of aligned with that is just this idea of treating all people the same, regardless of whether they can help you, whether they have status, whether they have a big title, it doesn't matter. End of the day, you know, people are people. I like that. So those three things,
0: That's very good.
1: Yeah. And I think when you think about, like, everyone will be different, as we said on the last podcast, there's no right answer to this question. Um, But once you think about that, you can kind of flag if you're in a work environment where if those are my values, for example, and I'm in a work environment that's very bureaucratic or very status oriented or very, you know, um, hierarchical for reasons that have to do with seniority or whatever, I'm not going to love that right? So it's sort of Mm -hmm. like easier to figure out what it is about your current environment that is not giving you the best baseline by saying, oh, I see. Because this stuff is deep. I mean, I think these admire things. The thing for me when looking at the stuff is this isn't from this week. This is a lifelong thing that I've admired. Yeah, You know, like if I look at all the people, like the books that I read when I was a little kid or You know, the people I admire, the music I listen to, the Mm -hmm. celebrities that I would want to chat with, like they share these things too. Yeah. So um, anyway, that's, uh, this is good. Okay, let's move on because we have to still get to today's topic. I know. So three things we value most.
0: Yeah, I'll be, I'll be quick with mine. And I frankly, I'm being a bit cute because I've included more than three things with a good uh, summary of one. Uh, the first thing, three things I value most. Mm-hmm. The first thing I I wrote, I put loved ones, which include family, friends, and community, uh, which is a lot, but hey, it's under right. one phrase. So I love. So number one, loved ones. Number two, uh, I value my health most, and number three, passions. Um, yeah, there you have it.
1: Passions. Okay. Yeah. One other member of the InterAlia team is silently annoyed right now. Well, he's annoyed <laughs> by, by, by everything. But I guess
0: that's also a bucket term for basically just the things that bring me joy.
1: Okay. Well, that's a good way to approach it, actually, things that bring you joy. Um, Mine are uh, sort of tied to the admiring things. But in my own life now, um, three things that I value most, using your one life to do things Mm -hmm. with it that make things better, ideally, Mm -hmm. for uh, others, Um, getting outside your comfort zone, this is the thing I value that I'm not saying I enjoy it. I'm not saying that that's joyful, but I do think that it's sort of been the path to everything great, like that I have done. Okay, Um, And then uh, I don't know, I guess the third thing I would say along the lines of family, um, just like commitment to family and friends. Yeah. It's like the idea that they're, they're in the mix um along with work. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. Those are are obvious. I think listeners of this podcast will not be surprised to hear our values. I think they'll be more excited to figure out what their own are. Well,
0: hopefully. That's what you say. I mean, hopefully (laughs) hopefully they'll be more excited about their own lives. (laughs) I think that is the case. (laughs) That is for sure true. Uh,
1: Yeah. uh, Oh, good. Firm grip on the obvious.
0: And then the last thing, the last thing we had, I, I think I phrased it improperly. Um, that you'd want people to describe you as a way. Cause it kind of seems like, uh, then you can put up a front to get that result. But I think it's more just inherently, um, you know, what sort of person do you want to be? Uh, and I have certain details which I will keep private, but effectively, um, my, my summary is I want the person I want to be is, is a helpful person. So, hmm. yes.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, I always think that when I hear other people described, i always it's sort of an interesting thing in law because you can be very successful as like a shark type, yeah. right, and other people seem to admire that, and I have a sort of like an awareness that that can be good in certain circumstances, but i don't I wouldn't say that I admire it um I do really admire when people have had a long career and they've have managed to sort of keep a solid reputation as someone who's fair and, you know, straightforward and kind, you know, that kind of stuff. I think, so I think I would be, you know, if I look back on my life, I would want to be described as someone who like takes care of other people and is kind and, um, you know, also not just in my own thing. I don't know.
0: We're saying the same thing, darling.
1: I guess helpful so. and helpful. take care of
0: people. It's all in the same, which is probably why we're doing this podcast. Anyway, it's that's probably why. <laughs> that's enough about us. We said we would be accountable um, and and do the challenges that we put out there. So so there you have everybody. hopefully that's uh, helpful or at least you know includes us in the conversation you're having with yourself. Um, okay, we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back, we will start the conversation today about but creating habits. That will build well being into our own practices. We will be right back. Okay, and we are back with the topic of today how can we integrate well being into our practices? And on this subject, Darlene, we mentioned your article last week, but we'll go into it more in depth today. Uh, the article is entitled Next Stopped on the Wellness Shift. You, uh, by Rachel Shipper and yourself, uh, featured in Lexpert Magazine in the August 2019 issue. Um, first of all, well done. Great little article.
1: Thanks. Yeah, it was, it was definitely fun to write, but it was also, um, it was interesting to co-write. So Rachel, who we're hoping to bring onto the podcast, she is a coach um, who has done um, wellness training for law firms. And so she and I got, realized we were like-minded. And started thinking about, okay, what would be helpful for people to read that maybe aren't already thinking this way? And that's mm-hmm. that's what led us to write something so basic, um, which is just, just try a few things. Because the other thing that we were kind of trying to get at is that within traditional law firms, this function of improving lawyer wellness is often centralized. So it's like the professional development team is in charge of having these great you know, bringing in a wellness coach and bringing in a mindfulness expert. And like, they're doing those things. I would say that a lot of the big firms actually are offering these things. And what we have observed is just, okay, that's great. That's, that's helpful. Um, But how great would it be if each lawyer also saw themselves as like very, very key to the process? I think some lawyers do. And some lawyers aren't here at all. So we yeah. were trying to get people more engaged with the idea that there are a couple little things. This isn't one more thing to do as we sort of stress a lot of this podcast. Um, it's like additive. So I find that on the days that I do these little things, all my other time feels better or I feel like I actually have more time. It's a weird effect
0: Yeah, that way. It's, a, it's an investment that pays dividends as we mentioned in uh, previous episodes. I did really like... Um, you know, there's a quote that really spoke to me, and I think that frames things well for this conversation um, from the article, and uh, it's this: uh, personal growth, particularly to people whose existing strategies are "quote unquote" working, is difficult. It can seem slow, futile, and self-indulgent. And so, I think that's that a good summary of what you were getting at as well, being that for lawyers who hey, you know works going well, my family's doing all right. You know, uh, I've seen my friends. Things are are seem to be working fine. I don't feel my best, but outwardly, you know, things are as good as they're going to be. This is a tough profession, so on and so forth. Uh, it can be difficult to then decide to prioritize yourself, and it could seem self indulgent. Certainly, um, slow, futile. I, I I I took that quite well.
1: I think, in particular, I mean, I think men and women struggle with this differently but i'm very i'm really noticing just with some recent things that have happened in my own world that i feel like men in particular when work is on the surface looking good um it's very hard to say yeah but i'm just not fulfilled by it or you know this isn't really for me especially when um i find that men are more likely to have like a significant like connection to work as like their whole identity is work yeah. whereas i think a lot of my Female friends are not there where their whole identity is work. And it's obviously a broad generalization, doesn't apply to everybody. Um, but I do think we can do better on supporting the idea that it's not selfish to do stuff for yourself. And it's not selfish to be like, yeah, you know what? This just doesn't really work for me. You know, because at the end of the day, the idea is something will work. It doesn't have to be this. That's kind of how I look at things. What do you think about that point
0: yeah, I I, I kind of want to have a sound effect where we put on like the gendered alert <laughs> thing. It's like, woo, <laughs> <talking about>. it's, <laughs> and it's not Brought to, to say that all men are X or all uh, women are, are yes. Y or whatever. But uh, I do think that there's something to be said about um how coming up, men that are practicing now... Tr- normally not everybody but normally had a male role model that did focus on work as their sole sort of purpose you know that was much more mm. common so and 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 the message that you know, growing up uh, as a as a man that you know is in their 30s 40s 50s 60s and, and onward now is that you know that is that is the one of the main things that you um Can benchmark to be a successful family man or or a successful man that doesn't have a family is if you're providing well, right? Like your job is to put the meal, you know, the whatever, (laughs) make enough money so your family can eat and do whatever they want. Um, Mm -hmm. So I I think that that is that's one of the easiest markers of quote unquote success for men, and nowhere in that is um, you know. room for a conversation about, but how are you doing? (laughs) You know, Um, that's not prioritized, certainly. So I I think it's a good point. And obviously, people have different experiences. But uh, I would say that that's a common experience, for sure.
1: Yeah, I don't think we've got that bit figured out yet. And I think it you almost can't talk about this topic without just acknowledging the pressure of that. Because I think that um, a lot of the reason that people don't go here and don't want to open this door even like a little bit, like not even crack it open Yeah, is because there's this sense of like, put my head down, do the thing and make sure that I'm fulfilling my responsibilities. And, um, I think that there are sometimes consequences to that, that you can't see, but yet like socially we're okay with still like, and that is changing. That is definitely changing. Um, but I would say that as a like first generation, like I had a stay at home mom in my house for lots of my, um, childhood, not the whole time, but it is a new thing to be, you know, two professionals in one house, same education, same job prospects, um, you know, similar approach to things. How does that all work? Who's Mm -hmm. the provider? You know, like, I think the roles are a little bit mixed up at the moment for, especially people who are, the first professional in their family, or whatever. So, um, I don't know. I feel like we should talk about it more openly than we do and not just assume that now that women are um, having the same access to jobs, we're going to work the same way and the same values are going to hold. Like, I, that's not, I don't think, the right yeah. answer. But I don't feel like it comes up that often because I think people are very nervous to say, like, oh, as a woman, like, I, I'm not sure about this whole provider thing. This is new. You know, I haven't seen. I provide in other ways historically. And I don't know. There I see is, people struggling with it without really naming the yeah,
0: struggle. There is like an institutional hangover um as well in that you put a man and a woman in the same job and the man's gonna make more. So that and I'm mm-hmm. obviously not supporting that, but that's a reality. And so even in that situation, the man is still the, the lead quote unquote provider, which is not right. Um, it still positions the, the, the man that way, which comes along with that same of like, I have to keep plowing through. I can't stop. I can't slow down. You know, everything is contingent on me maintaining this level of success or else, you know, my family suffers. Um, so I think it's, uh, you know, a good thing to note. Um, and and also, you know, there there are skills, I think, that come along or there's at least the nice thing. I don't know. I don't want to speak for women, but uh, at all, uh but it seems like there is maybe a little bit more of a conversation um about taking care of yourself cuz then you can take care of others um that I hear more uh sent in the direction of women than in the direction of men. I often don't hear that totally. sent over to on the on, on the the man side. But it doesn't matter what your gender is. It's the same thing and that's kind of what we're getting at today. Being mm-hmm. that if you're able to Actually, start to think about what you need to like sustainably feel well. um, Everybody will benefit, not only yourself, but those that you surround yourself with at work, at home, and otherwise.
1: Well, and I would just say that I think and getting comfortable with the idea that you can explore this and it can be additive to what you're doing without like you know blowing everything up. I think just needs to be said, not for everybody, but for some people, because I know that for some both from all parts of the gender spectrum, um, people just, it can be scary to sort of open yourself to like, what if, you know, what if this isn't the best thing? Cause then a whole bunch of scary decisions need to be made. So I would just say that this, this uh, episode today is focused on just little things to up that baseline. Cause if you're feeling miserable too, everything becomes a bit of a zero sum game and black and white and, this, this helps to bring you up to a better better level from which to assess yeah and as this well.
0: should this should be informed by the stuff we talked about at the in this episode our follow-up from last week from the challenge which is if you start to look at the things you admire and the things you value and and how you want other how you want to be for other people um, that should really drive you to start to see that like the changes the small changes that you you know should make um, to get to a place where you're able to better achieve those things and, you know, place your time in areas that you value and, you know, become the the type of person that you want you want to be. So um, in the article, you uh, mention the Gallup Sharecare Wellbeing Index, which we'll put a link to in the show notes. Uh, and it includes five common elements that people need to thrive. And these are not surprising, but well, important to note. So physical, social, community, purpose, and financial. It, great, something to go and take a look at. But then where you where you go to next is set your balance based on those five factors. And that will be different for everybody. So what is the thing you want more in your life? of those what is the thing you want less of if anything and how can you create a daily practice where you have rituals that create momentum in the direction you'd like to go addressing the specific goals uh at at different points in your day a lot there but but really that's kind of the thrust of of how we can all start to you know as you said build momentum toward well-being
1: Yeah. And Rachel introduced me to this just because she is trained as a coach. um, And I've been I would want to have professional opinions like from Catherine Chang and from Rachel, people who have this training. Um, But I think what I find so interesting and compelling about this index is that purpose is on there as a as a piece. Right. Like it is hard to feel really balanced um, and really like well if you don't feel you have a purpose here Mm -hmm whatever it is, like your purpose might be providing for your family, your purpose might be, you know, doing your uh, starting your business and, you know, helping others like it doesn't it it doesn't matter what the purpose is, but it's it is a thing you need, everyone needs that. And you need to feel like your day has value and means something. So I think that what I kind of have observed in talking to a lot of lawyers about career and, and people not outside law as well is that if you don't feel valued in your job or your career, or you don't feel like, um, you know, uh, my my dad always had a funny one. He would say, you know, in a typical job, put your hand in a glass of water, take it out. That's the impact you leave when you (laughs) you leave your job. And I'm like, that's a terribly, uh, I never want to feel like that. There's some truth to it. There's a little bit of truth to it. There's a grain there. But you also want to leave an impact um, I think in the in the modern view of jobs. so that's a piece of this um, that I always find compelling, and why I think this index, as opposed to just the standard emotional, spiritual, physical um, framework that I had been operating on before, like this adds to that
0: the The thing about purpose that I think is a is a bit deceiving or at least. It's easy to dismiss, because, especially eh, like the stereotype about millennials, of which I'm one. Oh, everybody needs purpose in their job, but and 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 everybody just jumps to the conclusion that that means, you know, being a superhero that uh, makes you know worldwide institutional change, and obviously <laughs> that was a great thing to do. But I listened to a, a conversation with Conan O'Brien, and he was talking about humor is has a has a type of magic to it, and in that you could. There could be a room with people feeling all, you know, awkward, down, negative, you know, really having a tough day. And there can be a person who then walks into that room and just with the the ability to make them laugh and, and be humorous can pivot all of their days, weeks, perspectives. And it is there is an element of purpose to that. So whatever it is like it, your purpose doesn't have to you could be you know you can work in a factory and not even love necessarily what you you know the widget you're creating but if your purpose is to help everybody else on the line or in the break room you know get through the day more safely or in a or enjoy it that that is in, important you know it doesn't have to be a superhero world changing purpose
1: well it's impact right like i think yeah. what you're describing is someone's in a bad state you bring them up to a good state that's a micro interaction but a bunch of those has a big impact yes and i think it is valuable and i always value the people in a company who take the minute or a wherever to be like hey how are you doing you know you look a bit glum what's up you know it takes 2 minutes but it's it's just one of those things that you can materially impact someone's day and Humor for sure. I mean, especially with the news today.
0: I mean, oh, I, without a,
1: without a funny take on the news. I mean, man, life is. I don't even
0: want humor with news anymore. I just want humor. It's like even the
1: right. even
0: ugh, even the news based humor makes me. Uh, yeah, I don't know what to do with it. I, I can't even. Uh, anyway, that's a different topic. So, um, setting your well, balance.
1: <laughs> small <laughs> the, things. Small things. small
0: things that we can do, and uh, can I can I give you an example of a small thing? I just started largely based on yes. trying to follow up on last week. So I, I did note that uh, creativity is something important to me, and I've been watching uh, a few episodes of this Netflix show that I mentioned to you yesterday, darling, um, called Abstract, and it's about designers and the the impact of design. And every one of these like well known accomplished designers, ha- I noticed just like has a sketchbook and a pen, and just like on the spot just starts drawing stuff and i thought i want to do that (laughs) so because i i Mm. love creativity so i this week i bought a four dollar large sketchbook and some sketching pens and now on the train when i go into the city that's what i do and i it has that that alone made me better once i got home and saw my family and I'm going to continue to do it, and I'm really excited about it. Like the idea of having my sketch pad beside me, and when I finish a project, now I'll just like do a little bit of that. I'm really like that's a small thing, costs four dollars, but now it's in my bag and it's with me all the time, and, and and it's it's adding an element to my day that I didn't have before that aligns with what I admire in people and things I things I value, the creativity I admire in people, and I and the things I value the third thing I listed is passions and that and creativity and and and, you know drawing would be included in that so small example but that's just what I'm up to
1: well and it opens up the other part of your brain right like there's a there's a reason for free life drawing or free drawing whatever um and there's there's another sort of technique like that that I have used at various times in my career um there's a book called the artist's way by Julia Cameron do you know this book Nope. Very famous book for, for creators, a very, very famous book. It's about people who have an innate creativity, but they don't have a, like a way to express it. So it would be something mm. like for a lawyer, for example, and I wasn't going to talk about this for today, but it is interesting that you bring this up. One of her tools that she recommends in the artist way, the first one to tap into your creativity and get your creative brain flowing is to wake up in the morning. And first thing you do, you do these things called morning pages and you just write for three yeah. pages. Yeah, for Have heard you this, heard of this yeah. technique? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very interesting technique. I've done it at different periods when I was um being more creative. And I it definitely does unlock something, you know? Like to me, what you're describing from the train is like that sketch. Probably if you if you look at like your brain waves before you do it and your brain waves after, it probably dials down a whole bunch of noise.
0: Yeah. Like, and, and the alternative think, is like being on my phone.
1: Yeah, which is so noisy.
0: Yeah, (laughs) negative, right? Yeah. So Mm -hmm. it's a it's a small change that, like as we're saying, pays dividends. It makes me better, right? And that's an exciting thing. It's something I enjoy, but also makes me better. And I only got there because I actually did take stock, as you you know, encourage in the article, and as we started last week, and Mm -hmm. and thought critically about these things. What do I like? What do I admire? What do I want to be? And there we are. Then it translated to a notebook that I sketch stupid things into. (laughs) There you go.
1: Yeah. I think that's great. I really think that's great. And like we always say, I mean, when you're dealing with people who are creative and trying to create things, doing any level of creativity and seeing how freaking hard it is, um, is not a bad thing to be doing. You know, Mm creating is hard. Building is hard. And I think having respect for the difficulty of the process, even if it's a sketch or, you know, trying to make a podcast or whatever, um, you know, it, it's helpful. And it does, I think it does expand your horizons too. So
0: agreed. So with that, we are about to deliver this week's challenge. <laughs> This week's challenge is, answer the following questions. What is the one thing you want more in your life? What is one thing you want less of in your life? And what are three rituals that could create momentum in the direction you'd like to go? Addressing the goals that you set for yourself uh, last week, um, and how can you implement those things during your day?
1: Yeah? Sounds good. Sounds good. I'm so excited. It's fun going through the week and lining up uh, the things that we're doing and noticing room for improvement. I mean, I I have focused on this stuff a lot and I still find extra spots where I can improve. When is the drinking water week? (laughs) That's the only week (laughs) that I'm really worried about. (laughs) That's not going to work well for me. I'll try. But anyway, we'll get there. We'll
0: get there we're with you. There. Okay. And speaking Pretty of cool. getting there, we're going to get there back. That doesn't work after this break. The Lawyer Life podcast is brought to you by Interalia Law. Interalia lawyers have big firm training, in house experience, and a wide range of expertise in technology, media, and entertainment. Our advice is business-focused, speedy, and practical. To learn more, visit interalialaw.com That's interalia lawcom And we are back with our goods and gripes. Goods are things we want to promote and support, and gripes are things that annoy us. Darlene, do you have a good or a gripe?
1: I'm going to say good. I mean, we're in the middle of an election season here. And I, mm-hmm. I think the good that I will focus on is just the opportunity to debate ideas and look at people's, I don't know, uh, platforms and see people putting signs on their lawn and getting engaged with the process. Um, I always am heartened by that. And I'm, I'm excited. October 21st here in Canada. So close. Following along. That's, That's a good...
0: Yep. How about you? I have a good, um, I love plants, plants, <sighs> growing plants. I have in front of me, we have this aloe vera plant and uh, off to the side, like a little one started to grow and I, I have repotted it and it's on my desk and I see it slowly progressing and it's just a very satisfying thing. Love plants. Wow. Love yeah.
1: plants. <laughs> love plants. <laughs> you're very good at the one word goods and grapes
0: i have a one word gripe too do you want to hear it actually it's mm-hmm. two words but it's one thing okay. yeah yep. my gripe is fruit flies
1: oh man yeah that's a real
0: <laughs> get out of town <laughs> fruit flies oh my gosh
1: get out of here what happened get why out. did you how did they start? i don't know
0: this is the thing that bothers me how do oh, they yeah. start Mm -hmm. how how do you for months have no fruit flies and then i guess it's like do we bring in bananas and then off we go like what is how do they get here and i have said every quote-unquote home remedy fruit fly trap thing they're just around and then i know that a week will pass and somehow they'll all be gone and there is no rhyme or reason which maybe is one of the things that makes me uh, frustrated by them but go away stop it you're not welcome (laughs) find another place to be fruit flies you're not not in this house
1: oh man there it is yeah that is that is bad i have Mm -hmm. raccoons i guess that would be my grape i live on a ravine and the raccoons are uh, a staple feature of the ravine and normally this is kind of like a goody gripe because the raccoons have you know like one day i opened my front door to take the kids to school and there were five raccoons yeah. Standing outside my door, all looking in four babies and one parent. They were and canvassing
0: for the liberals? or I,
1: They were canvassing, asking me for my thoughts on climate change. <laughs> it, was very, it was very, very uh, unnerving to see so many. Of course, my kids thought it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the other thing that's funny is if you've ever... Uh, we have these recycling bins beside our house. And normally they have like cement things holding them closed. And one day, for some reason, they weren't on there. And these are like my neighbor's bins and ours. Anyway, so I look out, I'm working late at night at like 10 o'clock. I'm like, what is all this noise from out here? Like, I keep hearing all this noise. And I look out the window, and there was a full on party going on in these oh, recycling yeah. bins. Yeah. All these raccoons are like, this is the best. Like, who left this party spot here for <laughs> us? It was like watching Madagascar. Like, you know that movie? It's like a cartoon. Yeah. About, oh, I know
0: like, it. Zoo yeah. animals
1: like yeah. literally one would pop out one would jump up they would it was just something to watch so that that turned me in I kind of they endeared themselves to me after the party night but anyway. I have so
0: much respect for raccoons but anyway
1: <laughs> we'll do interesting that in a Different episode. they learn they teach each other
0: stuff the city of Toronto makes a impenetrable green bin and within a week they like figure <laughs> out how to open it I love it it's so They're, funny. They, they are like the people that you like that challenge the status quo.
1: <laughs> raccoons. <laughs> they really do challenge the status quo. This is, this, we are really getting off the rails on oh, um, this like, raccoon. You can edit this bit out. <laughs> no, it's anyway. all sane in. Oh I
0: love God. authenticity, don't forget. I if, know. You know. For this, tune in as we grow our podcast network to the Raccoon Podcast, <laughs> where we analyze raccoons
1: Oh man. and how they.
0: How they, how they like to party? And well my our community.
1: <laughs> Can I gripe about my own gripe and how it's gone off, uh, the, off the rails? Anyway, uh, well, it was nice to chat with you. I will look forward to this week's challenge, and we'll be back uh, to tell the tell the tales of what happened.
0: Tell the tales as we love to do. Okay, mm-hmm. this was great. We'll talk soon. Talk soon. That's it for this week's episode of LLP. Thanks to Inter Alia Law for presenting the podcast and to Nick Fowler for composing and performing our music. See our show notes for his website. Don't forget, we love feedback. Please comment in the review section or subscribe or like. We'd appreciate it greatly. That's it. Talk soon.